Thank you. One, two, three. Yes, it's on. Good morning. It is a good morning. I've just got to decide what I'm going to speak on. I'll just flick through a few here. Hopefully, we've got, oh yes, here it is. I just want to honor all the people that come early to church. Um, these chairs do not just appear, well, they do just appear, but not by accident. There's a lot of people that have come in and put them out for us, honor the people on the desk. Uh, the songs come up, the music comes on. Do a great job. Thank you so much. All the people that have come early, put up the table up and come early for the children's work, for the youth work. There's a lot of work goes on, eh? Just to, just to get in. And you and I just walk in. Here we are. Good morning. <laughs> but a lot of people have been here before us, so I want to honour you all. And thank you for all the work. Nigel, just all you guys have done this huge job already. And uh, I want to honour Pastor Paul and Pastor Ruth. You're just a great couple. You're leading this church well. Yes, you are. And I want you to know it. And we appreciate you very much. And last week was just superb, Ruth. Thank you for all you and your team. Yeah, let's give her a hand. That was just, that was just amazing. And um, I just feel so proud to be part of Excite, especially on those sort of days. Every day I do, but those sort of days, it's just, yes, that's my church. We're doing things that, that are good, eh? And, of course, Pastor Vicky spoke to us last week. And wasn't that so good? Yeah. That was just a real refreshing word. But she, she, she pointed out to us such an important uh, truth that we carry the secret place with us. Yeah. His name is Jesus. Yeah. And, and uh, being in the secret place, finding that secret place, is a relationship. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with Him. It's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Pastor Vicky shared with us how it was that we, we, need, we need to acknowledge this. Part of, part of that relationship, part of knowing that secret place with God is just simply to acknowledge that he's with us. Whenever, wherever, that he's there. And, and that we can call upon him and talk things over with him and include him and in all the things that are happening in our life. And I think that's just so important in our understanding as Christians that we don't travel alone. We travel with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead travels with you and I. Hallelujah. The same Spirit that created the heavens and the earth, He travels. It's the Spirit of, of, of the Father, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He's with us. Hallelujah. And so that was such an important thing. And, and, but then I, I want to also take the other part of the secret place. And another aspect of that, and my wife Sophia is speaking next week, and she'll bring another aspect of it again. But this thing of, that, of finding a place that is just you and him. That all the distractions of, of our life, that we find those moments that are just for him. And that we create a space in our walk. In our week, for some of us in our day, that is just Jesus and me. So we want to talk about that sort of secret place as well today. See, in our daily walk, we are constantly distracted, aren't we? 
with the demands of life and people and circumstances crowd in on us and the day just flies by. Before long, the week's flown by and we haven't really created that space that is so essential to us growing and developing in Him. For me, the space may be a walk along the beach, just Jesus and me. It may be just going to a quiet place in the car and just sitting there with my Bible and with Him. It may be just shutting the door in a room in the house and just saying, Lord, it's just you and me. This space is yours. And so this secret place is also time of you and I choosing to create a space for Him and snuggling up close and just giving Him that honored time because we need it and He loves it. When I was building a relationship with Sophia, um, there were times I really didn't want anyone else around. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be interrupted. I didn't want to be distracted. I just wanted to be with her. Guess what? Our relationship grew stronger and stronger if we gave each other that devoted time. Sure, we had time for others. We had time for sharing with other people. We had time to develop and grow our lives. But there were times we just wanted to be alone. And we still do. And so it is with Jesus. See? I was reading... One time I was in the secret place and I came across this verse and it's found in Mark chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. It says this, Jesus is speaking, still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And the Holy Spirit just said to me when I read that that morning, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. You see, this is happening among us now. These three things choke out the word of God. That is growing in our lives. And if these things choke out the word of God, what happens is they strangle our faith because our faith is based upon what we hear from the word of God. See? And before long, we find ourselves letting go of the things that we know are important and we begin to drift. What are these three things? The worries of this life. There you go. That's a good thorn growing up. There's a batch of those thorns sown in our lives. The busyness, 
the sickness, the tragedy, the rejection, the loss, the wondering what's going to happen next, the worries. All of us have them. We have to work through them. But they can be like thorns in our life that are growing up with the Word of God, and they choke it out. They, 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 we, we forget what God's spoken to us. The deceitfulness of wealth. Jesus said, there's another thorn. There's a whole bunch of the, the deceitfulness of it. We get so caught up with making a living that the life of faith and the promise that you carry and the God-given desires of our heart are slowly strangled. Because we're pursuing, got to get the money. Got to get this. Got to get that. And there's deceit in that. God wants to bless us and he's the source of our supply. And there's nothing wrong with all those things. But when that thing begins to grab us and begins to, 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 to dominate our thinking, it strangles out the dream. It strangles out the enthusiasm. There's not time for some of the good things of God. Jesus said, it's a thorn that grows up, you see. Then he said, here's the third thing, the desires for other things. Jesus just says it like, you know, it's just a little phrase, the desires for other things. But wow, there's a faith strangler. There's a thing that chokes out the dream and the promises that God has given to us. Because our appetites and our soul and in our body drive us towards desires that will strangle the life of faith that is in us. And I read that, I thought, wow. That fervent faith in God and His will, that word of destiny used to carry strongly, that promise of God that sustained you, these begin to have the life choked out of them by the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things. People who have started out strongly with Jesus begin to struggle. Harder to get them to foundations courses and to life groups. The battle over their life is happening. The thorns are beginning to grow up. The new shoots that God showed me that would be rising out of the ashes in this season of our life. Hallelujah. Those new shoots that begin to come up of faith and of life and of possibilities. Remember when I saw that vision, God said, why? I said, what are these? They're unfulfilled promises. There's things that I still want to fulfill in people's lives. But the thorns, Jesus said, begin to grow up and choke those things out if they possibly can. The thing is, the devil doesn't want you to fulfill your God-given destiny. The thing is that God has a future and a plan for you that is so brilliant and so amazing and so that, that your mind hasn't, couldn't conceive of it. Only the Spirit of God can dream the dreams that He has for you. And the devil comes and sows the worries of our life and the desires of other things and the deceitfulness of money and, and the pursuit of it. And the dreams begin to fade.
And this week, the Holy Spirit said to me, the thorns are choked out and die in the secret place. When you get alone with the Father, when you get alone with Jesus, when you get alone with the Holy Spirit, you get alone with the Word of God, the thorns wither. They can't grow in that atmosphere. The worries of fear and the deceit and the lies and the untruths that we begin to take hold of our, of our hearts in the secret place, those thorns get a good dose of heaven's roundup. <laughs> See? In the secret place, those things will bow the knee to a life dedicated to Jesus the life shared with him in the secret place. And this morning, can I help you over the next few minutes to share the things I've discovered about running as we sung this morning to the secret place. Here's the first secret of the secret place. <laughs> his name is Jesus, the secret place. Number one, the secret of shutting the door. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, it says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I have a room in my house and I go there and I shut the door. And the reason I shut it is to keep out all the other distractions. I just want to spend this time with him. And I don't want to be interrupted. Jesus said, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And the thing is, that as soon as I shut the door, I count on the fact that I walk into his presence because he sees in the secret place. And so I shut the door. And I count on him being there. And I welcome him. I walk into his presence. Whether I feel it or not, I say, thank you, Lord. I'm here again. And I know you've been waiting for me to come. Hallelujah. His presence strengthens me. And I take these things with me. I take my musician. My musician in this season is Terry McAlman. I have on Spotify about seven or eight albums. And every morning I put one on. Switch it into my Bluetooth speakers. I just let it quietly minister to me. We have these fellas here ministering to us on Sunday, but I got them every day. So I take that with me. I take this with me. 
No use going without this. Then I want to be consistent, so I take this with me. For my quiet time and my reading time, so that I read through the Bible every year, and I have inspiring things from there. You can get one of those off the desk. And I take this with me. You say, what's that? Well, it's a notebook, can't you see it? But when God speaks to me in my quiet time or something, and I don't hear every day, I don't hear, but every so often a verse leaps out. And I don't want to forget it, so I write it down, put the date on it. Then I can remember, go back and say, yes, Lord. So I do that. Then I'm ready. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 24, he says, the difference between building our lives upon our rock or upon sand is depending whether we hear the word of God and do it. And I know that if I will spend time with him, even if the storm should come, my life will withstand the storm. Yeah? In the secret place, we are strengthened to sustain the greatest storms Many lives struggle and even collapse because they never got to shut the door. And I've been through that sort of time. Whether these storms originate from the gates of hell or from the distractions of this life or whether even the storms come from the floodgates of heaven and God so blesses us that there is so much pouring through our lives unless we have prepared our hearts and built a strong foundation in our lives of relationship with him. Even that can crash us. And so the thing is that there's great life ahead of you. God wants to prepare you for it in the secret place. The second secret is the secret of listening. I've learned to close the door on all distractions so I can listen to him. Matthew eleven fifteen says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Hands up those who think it's good to have these things working. But there's spiritual ears as well. And if you've got ears to hear, we need to hear. And I've discovered this, that things don't change all that much when I talk to God. But things do change when God talks to me. Yeah. Hear me now. When we don't hear from God, it is then, we're not hearing from Him, we're not reading His Word, it is then that the worries of this life begin to grow. It's then that we get deceived into pursuing other things that won't profit us in the end and won't profit other people either. It's then that the desires of the flesh begin to rise in our hearts when we don't hear from heaven, you see. When I just talk what I think, nothing much happens. When he talks, universes are created. Dreams are inspired. Lives are challenged. And there is a need for you and I, if we're going to make good progress in the years that lie ahead and be able and be equipped to help all the other people that are coming in these days of harvest, 
Hallelujah. We need to have ears to hear. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. The thing is that days can go by. I don't hear a whole lot. But I just keep reading the word. I just keep worshiping. I just keep bringing other people in their needs before the throne of the Lord and praying for them. But then days go by, sometimes several weeks, and then that day comes round and I'm reading the Bible or I'm just listening to it, and all of a sudden this Holy Spirit begins to speak into my life. And I want to catch it. And I want to get it. Write it down. That's my phone. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. It's funny when you start, you go there, and all of a sudden you settle down, turn on the music, open your Bible, and then you think of all the things you've got to do. And all of a sudden, all the things that you forgot, you've got to do this. Oh, I must bring so-and-so. I must do this. And all the distractions begin to pile in. So what do you do with those? I write them down. I put them on my phone. I have a piece of paper. I just write it down. Just jot it down. And I, and I, and I, or I put it on my phone list. Ring so-and-so. Pay this bill. Don't forget so-and-so. And then it's clear. I get rid of the distraction. Then I can listen. Number three, the secret of obedience. In James chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Time in the secret place with Jesus enables us to do what God asks us to do. First we sit and listen, and then we go and do. It's no use hearing what God wants to do for us or what to tell us if we don't jolly we'll go and do it. But if we spend time in the secret place, we'll have the grace to fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. Here's another great scripture I came across in Isaiah 48. Boy, I read this. I thought, that's so good. I must share that. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your well-being like the waves of the sea. The worries of this life disturb our peace. Stuff happens that riles us up and gets our soul on the move. And sometimes those things are on the run. And just, wow, I'm all, I'm, all at, I'm all out of kilter. I'm all worked up. I'm all uneasy. I'm all uh, disturbed. I read this. Jesus, sometimes, if only you'd listen to me. <laughs> if only you'd just done what I asked you to do last. Your peace would have been like a river. Hallelujah. Your well-being would be like the waves. In other words, the goodness of the Lord would just keep rolling in like the waves of the sea. Fourth secret is the secret of repentance. In the secret place, I've discovered this, in the secret place just with him, sin is easy to deal with. In his presence, we just don't want that ugly stuff anymore. And it's easy to lay it down in the presence of the secret place of God. It's not so easy when we're out there doing stuff. We need to come back to that place. 
It's easy to place those sins at his feet and he forgives and removes it from us. Paul, in writing to Timothy, this young fellow that was heading out for ministry, he talked about in the house of God, there's vessels of wood and clay and there's vessels of gold and of silver. Let me read to you the scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 and verse 21. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. I've discovered that if we don't keep coming back for the secret place and just releasing our sins to him and know that he's already forgiven them, but they need confessing and they need laying down, hallelujah, we don't lose our salvation because of those sins. But we just don't seem to make the progress we could have made. Because God wants us to go beyond just being vessels of wood and clay. Just serving in the outer house. Just doing the household stuff. He's prepared you to be vessels of gold and of silver. Of being involved in the kingdom of God and the spiritual things. Of being welcome into the holy place. We need to come to the secret place and lay it down. God will change us in those moments. Number five, the secret of sowing. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, 8 and 9, it says, Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Time in the secret place, just him and you, is a brilliant way to sow to the Spirit of God. Sow, sow, sow those things into our lives. Sometimes we can feel when we're spending time with the Lord, it's boring as. Sometimes nothing is happening. And we feel... We're not accomplishing anything. We're just wasting our time. But I've discovered that if I want a harvest in my life and in my garden, I have to sow for it. And there is a gap between the sowing and the harvest. And that's perfectly natural. It is no use me going down and sowing the, the, the lettuce and sowing all the plants in my garden and then going back inside and coming out the next day and saying, what on earth is going on? I thought I sowed for this. And I go back as I said, Sophie, you won't believe it. I've jolly well been sowing and there's nothing. But we do that in the spiritual realm. We're expecting to sow and just reap in the same time. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it takes time for those plants to grow and the harvest to come. We understand it in the natural. Why don't we get it in the spiritual and so it's a matter of sowing to the Spirit of God, keeping coming to the secret place, keeping reading the Scripture. You say, it can be boring. So, yes, it can be. But then God steps in. And it doesn't happen boring no more. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit in His presence comes in. 
Sow, keep sowing, 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 sowing in the secret place. And as the time goes on, you'll reap, reap, reap a consistent harvest. Hallelujah. A consistent harvest. Oh, don't be, all right. Six, the secret of great decisions. When there are important decisions to be made, I want to talk them over with the Holy Spirit. It's too easy to make life decisions on the basis of our appraisal of surrounding conditions and circumstances. As followers of Jesus, we do not want to base our decisions just on outward things, but also have that wisdom from the witness of the Holy Spirit from within us. Not just an outward looking and say, well, I see all this, I'll make this. But ask, ask, ask the Spirit of God, what should I do? The big decisions. When Jesus had to choose his 12 disciples, he spent time alone with his father. He got into the secret place where his father said, Lord, and the, and the father gave him a list of 12 men to be his disciples. And, and, and the first response of Jesus was, you got to be joking. These 12 Because they were people like you and I. <laughs> and he kept at it all night until he got the answer and he knew that this was the 12. You see, revelation comes from relationship. It's hearing what God wants to do. God doesn't often shout at you. Unless you're really in danger. There'll be a still small voice behind you saying, this is the way. That voice is best heard in the secret place. Intimacy precedes insight. Getting close to him will, will open a stream of his will and of his knowing and insight into what's happening in your life. Number seven, the secret of refuge. In the shelter of Psalm 31, in the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. When trouble comes, we need to be able to go to God in the secret place. That place is a quiet place of restoration and healing. This is where you discover the truth of God's promises. Isaiah 54, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. No tongue that rises up in judgment against me. You'll deal with it, Lord. For this is the inheritance of the saints of, of God. And sometimes you need that. There's a refuge. He's a fortress. Lastly, I found the quiet place, a secret place of inspiration. God wants to inspire you. Sometimes we lose our enthusiasm. Sometimes we lose that God-breathed way of living. We lose sight of the big picture. We get bogged down in the details of life. And we become weary. If it's me, I also become irritable and grumpy. We need to come into the presence of the Lord and be refreshed and be inspired and breathe in the atmosphere of heaven that surrounds His presence. If we don't, the dreams begin to fade. 
when they begin to fade and life begins to run, the thorns begin to take root and begin to sprout, we need to run to the secret place. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled faces, contemplating the Lord's glory, are transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When I spend time in the secret place, I'm changed. I begin to become more like Jesus. He inspires me. I'm changed as I focus on Him. I become more like Him. Faith begins to fill my soul and my mind and my heart. I read the Bible and I find that it is God-breathed. And that breath fills me again. I hear Him. I have courage to obey Him. I see possibilities. I begin to be filled with hope. begin to be filled with faith. And I begin to praise Him and thank Him and worship Him in anticipation of prayer that's on its way. The answers are beginning coming out of heaven and the impossibilities are becoming possible again in the presence of my God. I can see what He can see. I can hear what He can hear. Things that are too difficult for me are not too difficult for Him. Hallelujah. And I release my worry. I release my passion. I release them to God. And He begins to heal and begins to restore and build me again. And I breathe in His presence. Hallelujah. And I begin to dream again. Big dreams. Not the small dreams of my own human understanding, but His dreams that will not only touch me, but will touch my whanau, will not only touch me, but will touch my, my neighbours and my friends. Hallelujah. The breath of God in that secret place is what He wants to share with you. And if God's got a call on your life, if God's got calling you to be involved in the kingdom of God and in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, my encouragement is to run to the secret place and create a space somewhere in your week. Hallelujah. Where God can come. This week I read a prayer of Sir Francis Drake. I finish with this. Sir Francis Drake was the man, first man who circumnavigated the globe. It took him three years in his little boat, the Golden Hind. And he traveled where no one else had traveled at a time where the world was unknown. He was also the man next to, uh, next to Nelson and the British fleet. His boat was next to Nelson when they defeated the Spanish and Armada threatening to swallow up the British Isles. Here's what he prayed. Here it comes. Disturb us, Lord. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dream too little or too small, when we arrived safely, simply because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity and of the people who are making it into heaven at this point. And in all our efforts to build a new earth, 
we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Next. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas, where storms will show your mastery. We're losing sight of what we know, the land, of what we're comfortable with, of what is secure. We shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes. Hallelujah. Some of us have got a little horizon. We can't see very far. But this man prayed, Lord, I want to go over the horizon. I want to go where no one's gone before. I want to risk it. I'm willing to leave the land and to set sail to the place of destiny, the place where God dreams. So we ask you to put bash, push back the horizons of our hope and to push back the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. Hallelujah. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Lord. Disturb us, Lord. Disturb us, Lord, until we run to the secret place and make time just for Him. Let's pray. Father, we bow our heads in your presence. Holy Spirit, this morning we give you permission to disturb us. Disturb us from just walking safe all the time. Disturb us, Lord, from the human desire to stay close to the shore when you're asking us to launch out into the deep. Disturb us, Lord, from small dreams. Holy Spirit, fill these people with your presence in such a way that, Lord, that they will hear you this morning and determine to find a secret place where you will rekindle the flames that you put there years ago. Oh God, breathe upon us as a people, I pray. That we might find this place of connection with the living God. Lord, I thank you that you love us and you want to connect with us. Disturb us, Lord. Disturb us out of our complacency. Disturb us out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. of our horizon has been too small when there's a whole world of destiny awaiting for us breathe upon us as a church this morning let the flames of your presence so burn within us we'll walk with you all the days of our life 